You're listening to the Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team. And this week, we've got a preview of the upcoming Netflix Resident Evil series, as well as reviews of several upcoming games, including We Were Here Forever and Dislike. Let's go! Welcome to the show, another week on the Gamer Podcast with my favorite gamers, George Foster. Oh, that's cute. Thank you. Hello. N- Izzy Vanderveld. Oh, I'm your favorite. You're my favorite Not in that order, play. necessarily. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never say. <laughs> uh, big week for game news, at least. Not necessarily for game releases. Um, George, let's talk about uh, Gotham Knights. We got this gameplay uh it, it, it was pretty long right it was like an 18 minute yeah it was the longest out of it yeah i think where what, what what did you think um i liked nightwing i think he looks pretty fun mm-hmm. i you know a few of the friend who gets left with red hood then no one likes you in that group clearly <laughs> it's, it's fucking shit to play uh it, it's, it's like a different bad can like the bad third party controller at your mate's <laughs> Uh, just as clunky as well and like, <laughs> I, I don't know it's i'm still excited for it weirdly because it's a it's a batman game like slap batman on anything and sadly i'll play it ip ip bug as it is but uh-huh. i don't like the the need for a loop system however oh, they're yeah. doing it i don't like their justification for it um oh. i don't like that it seems that characters are just interchangeable so so it doesn't matter who you play as because the story will go the same way which means to me, you know, that, like they did, they did this when they first showed it off. They showed a cutscene where Nightwing is talking to Penguin. But if that cutscene can be any character, is the Penguin just going to say the same thing every time, yeah. like with no relationship to the character he's talking to, or is it going to be like an awkward, you know, one of his lines is a joke to the other character and the rest of it isn't? I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but no, I don't. I don't think you are. No, and obviously, we all have Avengers in our minds, right? Like. <laughs> We we've if our suspicions are bad, we're we're probably right because we were right about Avengers. That's kind of depressing, you know. Uh, yeah. And yeah, there's some there's some sussy things going on here. The loot system, the co-op loot looter Batman game for sure is a little bit sussy. I thought it was really funny when they showed the pre-order stuff and they were like, get these exclusive colorways or whatever. And they were literally destiny shaders, (laughs) the exact same icons as destiny shaders. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I think it's, it says a lot that we, we all saw it, it was a, it's a bit like Hogwarts legacy where we saw those timers and everyone went microtransactions. Yeah, and so we saw this loot system, and they've immediately didn't they pretty much immediately announce like, hey, we hear your concerns, no microtransactions. They, they've said that it's for years. Premium, yeah, yeah, it's just a premium single player game. Yeah, but yeah, I just think like I get in a lot of RPGs, you know, it's like getting better gear and better loot. Like that's the point, and numbers go up, and it's good. But like, just there's nothing. It's the most boring implementation of that system, where mm. it's just this decreases your cooldown by 9% and this yeah. decreases your cooldown by 13%. Like yep. that's the most banal type of upgrade system imaginable. It's just mm. new pieces of armor that look different and like, that's kind of cool. 
because then you can either be fashionable or you can be uh you know like uh oh my god what's the word necessary <laughs> completely blanking on the word but you can either be fashionable oh you can be like fas- fashionable or practical ah, uh, there you, know, you can actually go for like the things that buff your stats or you can be like no i want to i want to have this cool cape because it's cool yeah but where it's just like oh, i'll just bang something in this slot to like like the original horizon did it's just like oh yeah put this this thing in this slot and do five percent more damage I'm just, I don't dying light too yeah yeah it's just thing is i i still like i see all those things i don't like but i still think especially if you're playing it in co-op this could still be like a lot of fun um Mm -hmm. like the combat looks different to it it looks kind of closer to it reminds me of mad max in a way like just the clunkiness maybe that's just red hood but like i think it's still gonna be a good time it's just gonna depend on how much those other systems get in the way Mm. um and also it, there are a few times where it looked like I know it is unfinished, but it kind of looked it, and I was like, "Ooh!" But they've still got months, so I'm. It's, it's such I a think shame to talk. Popcorn. No, go for it. It's such a shame to talk about, uh, like, a cool video game and be like, "Oh, it looks like it'll be fun if those systems don't get in the way." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If most of it isn't bad, it will be good. Yeah, exactly. For me, uh, the thing that bums me out the most is like okay, well, maybe this will be a bad Batman game. We've had bad Batman games or whatever. But they're doing quarter owls. Like, we're yeah. we're wasting our chance to get quarter owls if this sucks. Like, mm. and and we're doing quarter owls without Batman. Like, you know, well, whatever. We... Without Batman as, like, your Batman. Yeah, true. I think what George, what you said about um, will the story just play out like will the cutscenes all be the same regardless of which character you're using i think that is a very valid fear because it means the game might not be about the characters you're playing it's just about everybody yeah. else in the game which then makes it it could make it feel like you're less an active participant and you're more a passive observer that and that's what worries like me the story is happening at you and around you but yeah. you're not really actually influencing the story in any meaningful way and like the only thing that kind of calmed me down on that because you've like summed it up well that's exactly how i felt but they do they did make an effort to show that like the cutscene introducing the mission was a unique one between dick and um jason but then that just raises more questions to me of like how does that work every time if you're not playing those characters does that does that change do they all have interchangeable things like surely not because it's not watchdogs legion but i think it's just such a silly way to go about it when you know just just have missions that meant for a character that's fine like that's good make us players all four don't just like railroad you into doing like one big mashed up version of it Uh, It maybe you just maybe you just show up places and batman's just doing stuff and you just watch (laughs) you just watch scenes yeah you're the sidekick (laughs) doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter who you are because batman's doing everything (laughs) Uh, yeah it reminds me of um dead island where like if you were playing by yourself or if you were playing with one person or two people, it didn't matter. Every cutscene would show all four characters. Oh god, I do know. It's just like I was I was just like, I'm the MC dude. Like th- these other people weren't with me. Why are they <laughs> like they weren't they weren't caving zombies skulls in with me, but suddenly they're here to collect mm. a reward. They also um not delayed but just outright cancelled the last gen versions, which uh not to sound I guess maybe this could get controversial, but 
maybe this is just talking to someone who does have like next gen con- well current gen consoles, but I kind of think that's for the best. I yeah, feel like sure. we're going to be seeing that a lot now, and I think you know that's well, just going to have to happen. This, I, we we are much deeper into current gen than most past current gens when we stop doing cross-gen shit i explained mm. that poorly but i know what you mean we, i know what you mean yeah because of the console shortages we've had to stick to cross-gen stuff that should not have been mm. cross-gen i i think so agreed um, like god of yeah, war ragnarok should not should god, not be god of war should not be cross-gen yeah nope. whenever the hell that game comes out yeah uh horizon yeah. it's gonna it's obviously gonna suck for people who don't have current gen but when they do get these consoles it means the the backlog of games they'll get to play will be better for it just because the developers will have more time to polish like fewer versions like it's yeah it's unsustainable expecting devs to cover like ps4 ps4 pro xbox one xbox one x like because all these hardware systems are going to have slight variations that they're going to need to account for Mm. Yeah, it's just, and it's just I, taking more and more time away from that. I don't want to sound classist, but I am far more concerned about the people that bought new hardware and aren't getting the most out of it than I am about the people that haven't bought the new hardware. Like, I know what you mean. Yeah. They have a full generation of games. Like, if you want new games, buy the new thing. Like, <laughs> I bought the new yeah. thing, so I want the best version of the games. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, my, my main concern, like, free, so I don't feel bad saying it. <laughs> but <laughs> my main concern is like less how how long into the generation do we go until they go? Okay, fine, we're only doing current gen stuff now until we're just waiting for the like the other shoots drop and the next generation to come along, right? Like, mm. when yeah. when does that happen? Right, I imagine I don't... when the supply issues kind of get sorted out, but. Yeah. And I'm Realistic I'm also just to get myself canceled even further. I'm a little <laughs> bit dubious of these supply issues. Like I I see consoles in stores. Hmm. Like I go to GameStop and there's a PlayStation there. Like I don't know how it, I kind of feel like people are just repeating that they're unavailable without checking because they were unavailable for a long time. Like Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of them. Like even not not like searching just looking so my my local game store shut down so i haven't actually looked in one in ages mm. oh but even online like i feel like if you if we all looked now we'd struggle to find one but i saw an xbox series x literally yesterday just just searching on amazon so like i feel like the options are there i know ps5 has always been harder to find but i don't know everyone i know who's looked for one can find one that's yeah, that's I not mean, they, we all, like we all found them right like yeah huh I'm just checking the game website now, and yeah, they've got PS5s in stock. Yeah, so, so okay. <laughs> anyone who doesn't hear all this podcast first, the project issues are over. I can, go and, yeah, go and get your consoles, kid. I, I think we've just been saying that they're hard to find for so long. I don't know. Say maybe, the line, Bart. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to do some reporting on that. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's touch on Nintendo Indie World. It was pretty uh, short, pretty small showcase, but there was some cool stuff there. Anybody yeah, this want to is what I thought should have taken an hour and didn't. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess 
the highlight for me. It was it was a, it was a pretty good um, indie director overall, but yeah. the best one I think was Gunbrella, which mm. Eric I can already tell would absolutely be your shit. You are gonna like that. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a two D uh, action platformer sort of thing where like the movement looks so fluid. So you're using the umbrella to sort of like zip around and like float mm. around. Yeah, and then like you can that. use it to like I'm miming. We're on video, so I'm miming. So you can use it to block bullets and then fire them back. And like it sort of reminds me of um Enter the Gungeon or Exit the Gungeon, whichever one was first. It reminds me of that. Or second even. But it reminds me of that, but it's just like clearly more of like a less I don't think it's like a roguelike, I think it's just an adventure. Uh, and that looks really, really good. If it feels mm. as good as it looks to play, so on board for that. Nice. And you like Soundfall, didn't you, Izzy? That was one you like. Soundfall, Soundfall. yes. Soundfall looks super cool. Because um, I don't know if either of you played Haven. It was like a it's a game with like this couple that sort of crash landed. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't play it, but I remember Haven. Oh, yeah. yes. So it to me, it, it looked a bit like Haven in that it was like, just, just it had a similar sort of like art style. Is it cell shaded? Is that what I mean? Maybe? I'm not sure. We but, just call everything cell shaded. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it, it looked like it had a similar kind of like soft, colorful, like vibrant, feel good aesthetic. Um, and yeah, the gameplay just looked really cool. It's like a hack and slash look twins. I'm going to say a load of terms now. Hack and slash <laughs> twin stick looter shooter. Um, third person. Obviously, <laughs> third person is twin stick. But. Um, a procedurally generated roguelike, a uh, roguelite. <laughs> oh my god! Um, stop! You're making these game, up. <laughs> like all these things all in one. But it just it yeah. It sounds a mess to say it, but just looking at it in the indie showcase, I was like, yeah, this looks cool. Like, it's third person BPM basically, but like yeah, but, not metal. It's but a bit cute. Yeah. Oh my god! It's, it's third person it's not, EDM. It's not only EDM mm -hmm. though. It's um like each world has a different soundtrack. So oh, like this, though. there's EDM. There's a there's a drum and bass world. Like, I uh, think I, I think I should play like the jam in jungle. Yeah, I, I really want to. It, it's, it's out now, isn't it? Cold. Yeah, so I might, I might, yeah, we and play together actually. Be yeah, I'd be working for that. Yeah, so. I can't. I, that was one of the shadow drops. And yeah. And the other was. Yeah, I can't even think of the other one. Um, no, but that was it. The mini motorways was that the shadow? The other shadow yes, drop? that was uh, mini motorways was the other one. Um, I'm glad you brought up mini motorways. Because I want to mention that we're giving away an OLED oh, yeah. Switch. Uh, yeah. It's so sad that I can't enter because it's US only. Uh, Mini Motorways gave us a Switch OLED to give away. A, uh, we're calling it custom, but it's, it comes with decals you can put on that are Mini Motorways themed. Custom Mini Motorways is, a, is not a new game, but it is new to Switch. And it is awesome if you haven't played it. Uh, so I, I will put in the description uh, where you can enter the contest. We're running it on, on our social media channels. So um, you, you'll find it on Instagram and Facebook and our Twitter, but I'll, I'll also drop a link. You can enter uh, to win a Switch. Yeah. Have you guys played Mini Motorways? It's cool. I've heard um, of it. Like it rang a bell when they, when they yeah. showed it off, but I've never, that's not my sort of game. I can't think too long. It's not, it's not an idea. <laughs> it's an appeal. Okay, let's move on. Um, we got a lot to cover here. Uh, we have three big delays this week. Um, Starfield and Redfall are delayed until first half of 
2023. I don't yep. think that should be too terribly surprising to anyone considering we've seen practically nothing of any of these games. Yeah. But like, well, it, it's not surprising, but I don't know why they dated it in the first place. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Why risk that? I know they wanted their big hype moment, but silly. Because they dated it so far in advance. Yeah, it was like a year, yeah, a year and a half. It was last year they announced it. Um, I don't know. Uh, Redfall especially, though, because Redfall got a date in its announcement trailer. Like, just just don't do that. We've only had one trailer for Redfall. Oh, oh, it got got like, um, yeah, yeah, it got like, it got leaked to the playtests. I remember that. That was shortly after, but yeah, I'm not first on Redfall at all so far. I have to say, I just don't. Don't, don't start with me. You're gonna talk <laughs> shit on Arcane today. Oh yeah, sorry, I forget. It's the uh, crazy. Um, yeah. Oh, um, somewhat breaking news, I guess, just because it popped up on my phone. Uh, Redfall and Starfield will have gameplay shown in the Bethesda showcase that's coming up next oh, okay. month. So yeah, we'll at least see oh, them. That's expected. But that's only a few weeks from that. That's good at least. Yeah. Um, obviously Starfield just wanted to get out of Elden Ring's way. <laughs> <laughs> An easy win now, right? That is the thing, isn't it? It's like, because Stacey said how um, Elden Ring was just going to win, like, every Game of the Year award. And I said, like, yeah. oh, you know, there's still these other big games. And, and you know, even last year, like, Indies got a lot of attention, um, which is a great thing. And, like, especially at the Gamer like, for our Game of the Year list, which, again, is the only important Game of the Year list. Right. Um, indies, like, a lot of our top 10 slots were filled with The indies. Forgotten City Game of the Year. Yeah. Damn good but, game. <laughs> but that all being said, it is now really... Without Starfield, um, it's really looking like Elden Ring is going to yeah, absolutely clean up. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I wrote something... Good. I wrote something about a game we're going to talk about in the next segment, but I think, I think this year we stop talking about uh, Game of the Year altogether and we start talking about uh, elements of the year, like puzzle of the year, sound effect of the year. That'd be cool. Like, let's let's turn our attention on, like, celebrating some things that uh, don't get as much attention as, you know, the the games of the year, the RPGs of the year or whatever. Like, let's talk about the best uh, dialogue of the year. You should definitely... um definitely put that in like like keep that idea for us to actually do as a site at the end of the year because that'd be quite fun yeah that'd be fun yeah let, yeah let's i uh, like game of the year settled so let's not waste our time like you know yeah yeah, yeah. i like Pit, squ- squibbling squabbling over second place or whatever mm. um the other delay was dying lights first story expansion uh, uh okay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm gonna play it. So we'll oh, I will too. It. We'll talk about um, it in the fall. It got delayed. I think August. They said. I don't. I forgot. Yeah, it's it. September. You had a good chat September. with the um, director, didn't you? And he said it yep. looks it's exciting. So I'll still play it. Like I want to talk to you about it, but I don't know. I, it won't keep my attention until it's out. Um. What was here's that? something that's not delayed. Skull and Bones is a real game that's actually coming out. Yes, so yep. they've announced. Well, it's one of those things where they haven't really announced it, but their financial, like fiscal reports, have announced it. Like, mm, okay, Ubisoft hasn't come out and said, "Oh, expect this." Then they've, you know, they've had to kind of say it in a roundabout way because they're doing their financial stuff. 
Um, but I think it was Skull and Bones, um, Avatar, Frontier of Pandora, oh, whatever yeah. it's called. And then one more that has completely slipped my mind now that they've confirmed are all coming out by March of next year. So like fiscal year FY twenty twenty. Was it was it uh Mario Rabbids? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was a Mario. Yeah. 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 Boy, who who would have thought that Ubisoft's slate would be fucking Skull of Bones, Mario <laughs> Rabbids? <laughs> like yeah. like an avatar. Like Avatar, Star- like I'm up Star- for Avatar, Star- you know? I I'm up for all three, maybe not Skull Bones, <laughs> yeah. but but like the the house of Tom Clancy sure has fallen. Mm. Where's Rayman, I, guys? I wanted <laughs> fucking rabbits and not Rayman. I'm sick of this shit. As I think I've mentioned before, I fucking love pirate stuff, right? Yeah. So the prospect of basically Assassin's Creed Four, the sequel, I was like, yes, inject it straight into my veins. I don't understand how they fucked up a pirate game so much. Like, you don't need that much. Like, it's just, let me, let me, uh, I remember, like, reading some, like, Kotaku reports or something, like, ages ago about it, and the funny, it's one of the funniest things I've ever uh, ever read, where um, a question that the developers were, like, asking, or that, like, management was asking was, do you play as a pirate, or do you play as a ship? Yeah. (laughs) What? What? Yeah, oh, yeah, you're not a person. You are you like, are yeah. the boat, right? Are you the boat, or are you like the crew managing the boat? And it's like you should have that should have been like the first question. Like <laughs> you should have figured that out years ago. Like that should have been in the pitch meeting. Yeah. And this game is meant to be like well underway, and you're asking that question still. It's just like oh, this this game's it's not coming out for ages, and it's probably going to be terrible. But <laughs> the I, sad I thing wanted, is, it is coming out. It is coming out now. Now it is coming out soon. Yeah. My guess would be, my guess would be, if I had to like try and place them, which is pointless, but I'm going to do it anyway because I want to. Um, Marion Rabbids is this year. Um, God, I hope so. Yeah. Avatar. I feel like they would like if it comes if Avatar comes out alongside the film, then fuck, they're printing money. That's going to be the smartest thing they can do. They they definitely you just Uh, see it for that. It needs to come out after. I think it needs to come out after. I I think for cannibalization issues like yeah. everybody's going to be talking about the movie like can you don't want True. you don't want to invite too much comparison right away like yeah okay in I that think... case i changed my mind so avatar <laughs> is the march one so they say it's like by march which means march is the last thing yeah day. so avatar's the march one i'm gonna say skull and bones is their like january one i say they're fucked and they just have to have like rabbits be their big game this year which is fine because the first one was great but yeah, because no, not this year. No, no, way. no uh, Assassin's Creed this year, right? No, uh, no Tom Clancy anything. Yep. Is the Division Two still going? Is that not technically a live service game? They've got that Heartlands thing as well that's in development. Um, yeah. that, that's their that is their live service version. But I think uh, the Division still going on. Prince of Persia is restarting. Oh God, yeah, poor thing. Uh, yeah. far nothing for Far Cry. Ubisoft's definitely, as far as like some of the major companies go, it's had some pretty big missteps. Yeah, with, like, yeah. I mean, it's obviously been, it's been rife with like say. allegations about you know like shitty workplace culture and 
toxic sexual harassment. So and, yeah, mm. so it's not it's not surprising. I mean, it they it shows what happens if you allegedly let that shit happen, isn't it? Like, well, and and it's all the your stuff's gonna get affected. It's it's the dark version of the whole family business thing. Yeah, where you just put all your homies in charge. Yeah, you know, and you just like, oh, we're running this thing like a family business, and then all of a sudden, like, it's a toxic work culture, and people are getting <laughs> harassed left and right, and they're all getting protected because they're all the harassers are getting family. protected. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Allegedly, they, allegedly. But <laughs> I don't know who's going to get bought out first, Ubi or uh, Square, but. I don't. I don't think both those companies are independent a year from now. We'll see. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's uh, at those two. Okay, we're running out of time, but there's a few more things I want to touch on. Uh, Ludonericon was this past weekend. Uh, this was the digital um, narrative focused convention on Steam, uh, and if you missed out there is still a lot of cool stuff you can get into. All of the panels are uh, up on YouTube, uh, and there were some really great ones. So on Fellow Traveler's uh, YouTube channel, you can find stuff like uh, a panel about detective games with Lucas Pope and Mark Brown. Um, Sam Barlow did a panel about twists. Uh, It's all like story-focused stuff with like very very cool uh indie creators so um yeah go go check out fellow travelers youtube channel for those and then as far as the games uh i want to briefly mention two i'm going to try to do like a one minute pitch uh the first one was called the fabulous fear machine uh, uh published by amc games i didn't even know amc had a game division uh, but the Fabulous Fear Machine has like a pulpy 20s comic book, like a pop art style. And it is a, um... did you guys ever play Plague Inc? Yes. Uh, love that game. Rings of Bell. It's okay, that mobile so... game where you like. You oh, oh yeah. Like... Well, the, yeah. It was on yeah, Clip yeah. Pass, I think. Yeah, it's a sick game. So imagine instead of like inventing a virus and figuring out how to spread it across the world what you're spreading is the idea of fear so you're yeah so you're establishing control uh through propaganda and uh campaigns of fear and there's lots of different types of fear that you can leverage the fear of paranoia the fear of disease the fear of foreigners and you're developing these fears uh across the world it is uh it's fascinating. The mechanics are very unique. Um, and uh, it's just really dark and cynical. You're like a pharmaceutical CEO that's trying to gain power by spreading, you know, propaganda about pushing pills. So it's and nothing to do... like real life, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so to do that, you have to spread fear across Western Europe. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fucking cool. great. Yeah. The other one that Kihun turned me on to is called card shark card sharks. And it's like a 17th century um, 2d. Uh, and it's all about um, sleight of hand scams and magic tricks. That sounds and really cool. you're, you're with a traveling 
band of Romani uh, going from town to town scamming people with card tricks. And you have to learn all these different uh, scams. So, like, you're pretending to be a waiter, and as you pour uh, a glass, you're looking over at the guy's shoulder to see what his cards are, and then you're wiping the top of the table. And depending on how you wipe the table, you're signaling to your partner what their cards were. What? That's that's the first one. Unique. And then there's like there's like 35 different scams that you learn, or like ways to cheat at cards, or like three card money and like it and like elevations of those ideas. And you just like go from town to town and you're betting and you're doing all these different scams. One of them is like, you're going to uh, pour your partner's wine. He's going to slip a deck of cards into your pocket. You go to another room and you stack the deck for him. And then Mm. you come back and you put it back into his pocket. (laughs) I like that. That's cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And you just, you have to learn and remember all these techniques. It gets more and more complicated. Um, it's, you you kind of do it with a controller. So it's a lot of like gestures with the sticks and like, mm. you know, scanning through the deck quickly and picking cards out of the deck and then trying to put them back in the right order, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Card Sharks. Really cool. Really, really cool. That's uh, Devolver. God, video, so. ga- video games are just so cool, aren't they? Like, There's just so many so fucking different video games. Yeah. Yeah. Some different types of video game as well. Like that's such a that's such a wild thing to think of. Perfect yeah. year to get into them as well. Perfect year to start looking around a bit more. Yeah. yeah, with so uh, many things being delayed, actually, that is the that's definitely the best thing about all these delays. Is it's like we actually get a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. yeah. After after the hell that was like February and March, <laughs> we can all like actually relax a bit. Um, okay, in just a couple minutes, Izzy, run me through this Criterion Codemasters merger. Cool. So, uh, EA bought Codemasters um, last year, uh, which classic, is which is the developer of the F one video games, Formula okay. One racing games, and uh, other racing games too, right? I believe so. But F one, okay. I think, is like the thing they're most the big one. For. Yeah. Um, Criterion obviously is the very famous developer of the Burnout series. Grid, also Grid, and Grid, yes. Um, but both just, um, you know, they're these legendary, iconic British racing game studios, like absolute yeah. top of their craft, um, have been around for donkey's years. Codemasters um, is actually what established... Did you say um, donkey years? Donkey's years. Donkey's years? Donkey, donkey, yeah, that's what it's saying. It might be a British thing. Wow, all right. Yeah, that, no, I've heard, heard that. that. Donkey's yeah, years, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Donkeys, yes. <laughs> well, any other has donkeys, yes. <laughs> but um, Codemasters is uh, responsible for the creation of like the gaming hub in um, in Lamington Spa and in like the West Midlands, um, which is like where I am, where I'm based. Um, but yeah, so EA bought Formula One a while ago. Uh, fucking up. EA bought Codemasters a while ago. Um, I guess at some point EA also bought Criterion. I didn't actually know that happened, or maybe, oh, okay. like, or maybe I mean I don't. They had them ages, well, they? Criterion. It, it okay. must have been ages ago, yeah, because obviously Criterion's been working on Need for Speed games for a long time as well. Um, I thought they always had them. Yeah, yeah I might be wrong. So, it was after. Isn't it crazy out. though that EA has all these different racing franchises under their umbrella, but like Forza is actually the good one. Yeah. And you know what's funny about Forza? <laughs> Forza is done by Playground Games, also based in Lamington. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, like Lamington's a like a big 
racing game hub in the UK. Okay. But um, yeah, so Codemasters Cheshire is becoming a Criterion studio. It's remaining in its location. Um, Gamesindustry.biz has reported that there are going to be no redundancies made. Everyone keeps their job. Wow. The Which is obviously, you know, like the most important thing. But yeah, Codemasters Cheshire is now a Criterion studio. Um, and it's going to be working with Criterion on the upcoming Need for Speed game, which wow. I think is quite interesting because the last Need for Speed game I think Criterion did was um, Hot Pursuit, which, to be fair, was really good fun. It was very, like, burnout in its, um, you know, because mm-hmm. like car battles. So it was definitely a good one for Criterion to take. But um, Ghost Games has been doing the last few Need for Speed games, and they've been a little bit hit or miss. But Need for Speed Heat, the most recent one, was just excellent. Like, hmm. I got so involved in that game. It took it back to what the series is all about, which is neon cop chases and, hmm. like, daytime street races. And it just, yeah, it really sort of took the series back to everything that makes it fun. The progression system made complete sense. It was you race at night to get reputation so you can unlock new parts, and you race during the day in, like, the legal street races and, like, the, the racing festival to earn money um, to to buy those parts. So perfect progression system, really worked. So yeah, it's weird that Ghost Games has been taken off it. I think I read some reports that are like Ghost Games didn't want to add any microtransactions or like paid DLC. They just wanted to keep supporting the game for free. And apparently a... So yeah, now Criterion and this Codemaster Studio are going to be working on the next Need Speed game together, which if rumours are to be believed is going to be coming out um, around November. So it seems interesting that now is when that Codemaster Studio would get turned when it's like so close to development. It might be like they need more, they need more final touches or something, um, mm-hmm. or maybe they're just trying to sort of you know like get as many hands on deck as they can and like an unfortunate like maybe it's to prevent crunch, maybe it's to aid crunch, um, whatever it is. It 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 does seem odd to like bring these people on so close to the end of a. The, the supposed right. end of the development cycle right. but that being said we haven't even seen a trailer for this new game so the odds of it actually coming out in november i would say are quite slim but mm. who knows? it's one of those things that it doesn't feel like there's a ton of competition in the racing game market it's not as though like multiple racing games come out at the same time like a sort of like a battlefield versus call of duty kind of thing. Mm. Like if you play these games, you probably play all of these games. So like yeah. getting, getting all these experts together to, you know, share, share knowledge and support each other. It seems like a good thing. It seems good. I think one of the issues is EA, the EA CEO at the time of the acquisition of um, Codemasters said Codemasters would retain its like its identity. Uh-huh. Um, so it is a shame to see a Codemaster studio get taken off of, you know, right. what, it, what it does and be put something else. But then again, you know, Need for Speed, it, it's done a few different things over the course of its lifespan, sure. going from actual arcade games to like console arcade games. And it's, it's done the more racing sim thing with Need for Speed Shift. So I think getting a Codemaster studio and obviously Codemasters like F1 is, you know, probably as simulation as you get really. Yeah. Um, so having having that those different having burnout who are like the masters of like the the smashing up like arcade fun, and then the masters of like simulation racing come together to make something. I think it will be really interesting what they produce for sure. 
Yeah. And it's it's very good that EA seems to have recognized that those studios are like it's the talent that's at those studios that makes them what they are and isn't laying anybody off, which is definitely the best outcome for the staff anyway. Cool. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've got some games to go over. Andrew King will be here to tell us about Citizen Sleeper. Izzy, you play Dislike. 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 Uh, yeah. I played the newest uh, We Were Here, We Were Here Forever, so we're going to talk about those. And then after that, uh, I saw the first two episodes of Resident Evil, so I want to talk about that. So we will take a quick break, and we'll be back for all that. We are awkwardly jamming this in to the end of our news section. George, we have breaking news. Yes. Uh, so the Dead Space remake, uh, when we were recording the news bit, they were doing a developer live stream. They've done a few of them. So it was kind of just expected to be, look at how different this sounds. But no, yeah, they did just... one all about like sound effects last time. Yeah. So we were like, all right. It, it would we just be need... like, look how good the graphics look. Um, and instead at the end, I don't know what else was in it, but this is obviously going to be the headline. But. Uh, it's been confirmed for January 27th next year, the release. That's awesome. Yes, I, very excited for that. I just expect nothing's ever coming out ever anymore. <laughs> you know? so we, and, we were literally saying earlier, weren't we? Everything's been delayed. Like, well, the big yeah. story was big delays, but... And this being, this isn't first quarter, first half. This mm-hmm. isn't even January. It's January 27th. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean it won't get delayed, but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, starting starting to fill up the early 2023 window with exciting stuff is is great. I need that. I yeah. need reasons to live, George. <laughs> and this this is one of them. Uh, this it is looks, definitely one of them. It looks fantastic. I never played the original Dead Space because I was a little piss baby at the time. Like I must have been what twelve, but it's always been one that I wanted to return to, especially when finding out they've done a remake. So yeah. I will absolutely adore this. I think. Yeah, cool. That's a that's a great window too because we have we always have the December lull. I don't think that's ever going to change. Mm. So it's really cool to have uh, stuff to look forward to in January. Mm. Uh, okay, that's it. We just had to make sure we. Didn't it was miss big. That. It was big enough. It's important. I'm not waiting a week to talk about this. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break now. We're back with Izzy Vanderveld, and joining us now is Andrew King. Hello, What's Andrew. What's up? What's up, dude? We got three very different games to talk about today. Some of the most different games I think we could have put together. Um, but Izzy, let's start with your game, Dislight. Am I saying this right? Uh, I think so. I've not actually had it said to me either. Right. <laughs> but I, I believe How are the so. kids saying it? <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think it's just dislike. I mean that it's spelled it's spelled with a Y instead of like an I or uh, it's D I S L Y T E. And this dislike. is your new mobile game obsession. Yeah, it's a it's a mobile game I'm I'm reviewing um, for the devs who <laughs> I've forgotten who the devs are. Um, but yes, it's <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the it's the mobile game I'm currently reviewing. Um, it's uh, a bit of a gacha game. It's um, a bit of an auto battler. So you uh, collect uh, heroes called espers, who are people who've been granted mystical abilities by uh, 
occurrences called miracles. And um, they're just sort of like, you know, a miracle has appeared. It's just a weird crystal thing that gives people powers. Um, what's really cool about it is all the, all the, all the powers are inspired by uh, deities and mythological um, figures. So there's like Egyptian um, mythology in there. There's Chinese stuff, Indian stuff. So it's cool. It's like okay. um, and like Norse stuff as well. So it's got it's got you know a good broad range of like gods and mythologies and cultures all in there, uh, which is really fun. All set to a really fun uh, sort of like upbeat EDM soundtrack. Just oh, like, okay. Visuals are really, really top tier. Um, mm. It's amazing how far mobile gaming's come since, like, you know, do you remember back back when the first iPhones were out? And I was like, oh, look, I'm pouring this beer and like yeah. I'm lighting this lighter and temple one. So yeah, it's um, it's it's cool what what it what phones can do. It drains battery like nothing else. So I literally yeah. have my phone plugged into my charger while I'm playing. Um, but yeah, it's really good fun. There's um. Loads of cool animations. Each each Esper has like up to three attacks. Um, sometimes one of the attacks is replaced by a passive ability. So I've got this kind of like scorpion goddess, who um, she her passive ability is that every attack she does poisons an enemy for two turns. Um, you get five Espers on your team. You kind of like pick and choose how you uh, how you deploy them and like which ones you use for each fight. Uh, you've got support how... characters, fighters, defenders. It's cool. How weeb is it? You know, it's horny. It's definitely horny. Yeah. But I I don't think it's very weeb. I honestly, I don't actually know. If, let me let, let me pause for one sec and find out who developed this, because I was wondering if it was even Japanese or not. Oh, it's Chinese. Chinese mobile games. Okay. Um, so, yeah. To answer your question, no, not... I don't think it's very weeby at all. Um, it's a bit cringy. In some spots, like the 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 main plot is um, the the sort of main character you are is this woman who was in a band and her bandmates been kidnapped and she says freaking a lot instead of fucking so mm. she'll be like oh that's freaking annoying and you're just it's just like oh come on man that's so cringe like mm. why are you saying that and then there's there's one of the baddies he says freaking a lot mm. and so it's it's just little things like that like the dialogue's not yeah. Not the best, but the gameplay's fun. Um, it's good watching the numbers go up. You kind of Ooh, it's a bit convoluted how you actually um, uh, like buff your characters and like how you grow them. So you rarely get a chance to like improve their stats directly. You can only do that if you pull another Esper and then you kind of like merge them and you choose a stat oh, to yeah. put a few points into. But there's um. Each of the each Esper has six slots for uh, relics, and those are sort of like the items essentially that you use. So like one will have attack up twenty percent, or like you know HP up by three hundred, that kind of thing. So those are the things you actually upgrade. Um, get getting the in-game currency seems pretty easy. Um, the rewards have been good. There's like an energy system, so obviously if you run out of energy, I assume you have to buy more. But just through playing normally, I'm it, what it does that I really appreciate it is if your energy is already like 60 out of 60 and you get to a new level, one of the rewards will be like, oh, you get like, here's 15 energy. If you're at 60, it will just take you to 75 out of 60. So mm-hmm. you can exceed your energy cap, which is, um, which is good. Uh, so yeah, I haven't run out or anything like that. So I've been able to just kind of pick it up and play it whenever I want. 
Um, but yeah, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying the battles. It's getting a lot harder and a lot more tactical, but it's cool. So the the gacha system is just pulling espers, right? Yeah, I believe so. There's also, I mean, you can buy like the uh, there's XP boosts for espers that you can buy. I mean, you can get them as well, just as a reward for battling. But um, yeah. so whenever you pull a new esper, they're always level one. But if your team is level thirty and you're doing level thirty fights, they're not going to be as useful. Um, gotcha. And is it like Genshin and they every pull they have different like stats or different rarity? Yeah, each Esper has a different rarity. Um, I don't think you can get like a better version of the same Esper. I think Espers are just oh. like, I, I, or if you can, I haven't found that yet, even though I've had a few doubles, but they've always been exactly the same. And um, then you merge them? Yeah, you just, you just like consume the weaker one with the right. more powerful one and buff its attack or defense or sounds like a chinese mobile game <laughs> yeah i'm having a lot of fun with it though like i i don't often play this sort of mobile game but i'm uh-huh. actually really enjoying it so. you said yeah, it's I'm an like... auto battler right yeah so you can either you can either actually do the fight yourself or you can just like hit a button and they'll um they'll just do the the fight automatically like some ai leads them luckily mm. the enemy ai doesn't seem to be very good when mm. i say luckily it's <laughs> it's lucky because the level scaling feels a little bit harsh mm. um like unless you're using the exact same five espers like if you're rotating people are going to start lagging behind very quickly um but because the ai seems quite bad they won't like focus your healer or focus your fighter or you know if one of your teammates has like a sliver of health left. It, it seems almost random who the enemy team actually decides to attack, um, which I think in the long term will be a downside. Um, I don't mm. know if it, I don't know if the AI gets harder and gets better as you progress through the story because I'm not too far into it yet. Yeah, but, um, hmm. I can see that being like a bit of an end game issue where it's like, okay, now I actually want the challenge and I'm not like the enemy's just being random. Right. Is this like? Is this like? gotcha games trying to do hades <laughs> it does feel a bit like that doesn't it yeah it's yeah making making super sexy gods <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but but it's pulling works, from right? like every mythology instead of just greek mythology right yeah i think that's an aspect of what i really enjoy like it's cool seeing like there's an anubis character who you start with um and he's this very dapper well-dressed fellow and you know like it's it's cool seeing you know like my culture's gods represented like that um, mm-hmm. it's interesting so I, yeah. I definitely i think i think a lot of care has gone into the actual character design and the research and um yeah making everyone sort of unique and interesting and different it's cool and like i said definitely quite horny <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it doesn't feel too weeby but i think weebs are gonna fucking love it <laughs> yeah this yeah. is already out on Android. I assume it's out on iOS too. Right? I think it literally just came out properly like a couple of days ago, yeah. Mm. Nice. And yeah, free to play. The um the packs you can buy definitely seem quite expensive. Like I've seen bundles going up to like seventy or eighty quid, I think. Um But I mean that's that's the mobile game economy, isn't it, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, like uh... so I I bought the welcome pack for like ninety P because I was like, you know, I'm reviewing the game, I might as well buy a buy a little something and mm. um, 90 bucks no 90 pence 90 pence <laughs> what's what's that in real money uh, but I, th- I think i've seen packs like less than a dollar oh, okay mm. 
Oh wait, no. Uh, ninety cents. No, it's probably a bit more than like around a dollar. Maybe a little bit more than a dollar. Okay. Yeah, okay. Not not much at all. So I forget I'm talking to you, Yanks. Um, <laughs> about a buck forty nine. But yeah, I haven't. Apart from that, I've never had to buy anything. But then again, I'm not at the end of the game yet, so who knows? Gonna gonna play it for a while more before I actually um, put pen to paper and start reviewing it because it feels like the kind of game where you need to get kind of deep into it before you really start figuring out all the systems and everything. But nice. I'm having fun how, with it so far. How many hours do you you think you've played so far? Uh, probably about four. four okay, so. it's cool. I it's mean, got... get, getting four hours into a gacha game without hitting a wall is something. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, the level up rewards, um, like they give you a lot of, like there's various in-game currencies because it's it's a gacha game, it's a mobile game. There have to be loads of currencies to confuse you, but the main one you upgrade your relics with, which is the main thing you do to boost your um, Esper stats, is just gold coins. And I had like half a million gold coins, mm. and then I think each relic goes up to level fifteen. I got all six relics on. Oh, yeah, I took a total of 30 relics up to level 6, and I think I spent maybe 200,000 gold. Mm. So, it's like... that. I'd, I'd say that's a pretty good... It, now where I'm at, I'm like beating all the fights, because that's the wall I hit was like, oh, wait, I actually have to upgrade the relics. That's the... That's the, the number increase thing. Um, How much Genshin did you play? I've not actually played any Genshin at all. Mm. Oh, okay. It, it's not... Uh, as far as I'm aware, Genshin's a bit sort of like open world, is it? Or like yeah. you actually control the character and run around. Yeah, it's not that. It's mm. more like um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links in that it's like sure. you've just got some screens and then it's like the story mode just puts you into these like battles with like a little cutscene of what's going on. Um, mm. I bet you would like Genshin though. If you're, yeah, if you're it's, vibing with this. Yeah, it's something that I do think I should try and get into, but it's just... It's just the case of, you know, there's so many games that I've still got to play, and it's like, can I really justify a game that will uh, take so much of my time and potentially so much of my money? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Kian spent over 300 bucks on pulls. Oh, did he really? Pull. Yeah, he just couldn't stop. That's funny. I, I wouldn't have thought Kian would be the kind of guy to, like, get heavily into Genshin. Yeah, he went heavy on Genshin right when it came out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. Check that out. Uh, it's only mobile though, right? I actually think it's on PC as well. Pretty mm. sure it's PC and mobile. I've just got a mobile. I just got a mobile code for it. Maybe we'll it's leave, not. I could have. We'll leave that to you to figure out. Yeah, yeah. I could have. <laughs> I could have sworn Uh, Angie, can you tell us what Citizen Sleeper is? Yeah, it's a uh, sci-fi sort of RPG visual novel. Um, it feels sort of like it's in the Disco Elysium vein where it's a RPG where there is not any combat, but there is like a focus on dice rolls. And, uh, in this one, dice rolls are like, like almost your, um, currency. I don't know if that's the right way to communicate it, but like each you go through cycles. Each day is a cycle. You do all your actions that you can do and then you go to sleep and then like your dice rolls will reset. So every day you're like getting new dice that you can do certain actions with mm. and they range from like you know, one to like uh six 
I think like when you get to the higher numbers, the pattern on the die is sort of abstracted, but it's like basically high to low dice. And if you have a low die, you have a, you know, neutral to negative chance of doing good on something. And if you have a high die, you can have anywhere from like, you know, neutral to positive or just positive chance of doing stuff. And so there's like various actions that you can do and you like slot the die in and roll it. And then your rewards for that or the way that the situation resolves itself depend on how well the dice roll is. But that's sort of granular. I think what people will notice when they start the game is that it's like a sci-fi RPG that's set on a um, sort of sprawling city on a um, abandoned, I don't know, abandoned doesn't make sense, but sort of a space station that is huge and sort of in disrepair, I guess. Mm. Um, It is like, if you look at like the art that they have for the game, um, it like has this really cool style, which is not especially representative of what the game actually looks like to play. That sort of like, if you look at like the box art, it sort of looks like what the game looks like when you're talking to another character, it'll bring up these really nice hand-drawn illustrations of what the character looks like. Uh But the space station is sort of represented from like a isometric perspective and it is sort of polygonal and abstracted. So it's like, you're not like seeing, you're seeing like sort of shapes that like represent the areas that you're in, but they're not especially detailed. And I'm bringing that up because it was sort of a bummer to me when I started, because I had seen the uh, art and I was thinking, oh, this will be like, you know, have this really cool, vibrant, hand-drawn look. Mm. And it does in parts, but not really. And so that was like a hump I had to get over when I first started playing it. It sounds like you're, almost sounds like you're describing 13 Sentinels. Uh, maybe I didn't play Thirteen Sentinels, but okay, there, it could be like Sentinels. that. I've heard great things about that game. Now, Thirteen Sentinels has tactical combat, right? Yeah, but so all the tactical combat is in these very like geometric, abstract maps, and then all all of the visual novel stuff is like really nice hand drawn art. Mm. So, like. Even the visual novel aspects of it are like taking that hand drawn art and like putting it like so that it like shares half the screen with like the more polygonal stuff. Um, so you're always sort of in that polygonal space, that's how they represent okay. the spaceship. Like you can see outer space basically on either side of it, and then you like use the control sticks to like move up and down the space station and there are mm-hmm. little nodes that you can um, interact with, which are like representative of locations along it, like a bar or a restaurant or like a dock where spaceships are coming in where you can get like scavenged parts. Hmm. Something that I found very interesting about it is that it doesn't call quests quests. It calls them drives like it is a you know desire that your character has which is not like a real change in anything other than name but like that recontextualization that that name change implies makes me more interested in them than i would be otherwise Mm -hmm. yeah 
I don't know. I, I feel like it is it is really a small thing. Like, But if they had just called them quests, I would be like 10% less interested in this game than I am. Sure, yeah. What, so, so what is the story? So you're a sleeper, which as far as I can tell is a android. Um, and at the, when the game begins, you don't really remember anything, but you are on the space station. Um, and as it progresses, it seems to indicate that, like, before you arrived here, you were, you know, like a slave to somebody else because early on in the game, well, there's like a dial that ticks down. There's like all sorts of like counters that are ticking down all over the space station indicate how many cycles you have to go before this activity will become available. Okay. And so one of the first things that you see is that when you wake up like the first or second morning that you're there, there's a dial that says hunter or something, or you're being followed. And so that's ticking down until somebody arrives. And eventually that person shows up and it's like a, like the sci-fi equivalent of like a slave catcher, basically, who is like following you to bring you back to your Mm. master. Um, And so that is like an early conflict that you have to deal with is like figuring out how to, you know, deal with this guy. Like I said, there's no combat in it. So it's all other like Disco Elysium, you might punch somebody, but it is not a mechanic. Yeah. You know, it's a roll of the dice like anything else. Right. Um, I read Ben's uh, Ben's review for the game. Uh, I don't know exactly when it's going up, but it it made me really want to play it. It sounds awesome. And like very... Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. I was sort of off... Like I said, I was, it was, there was sort of a hump for me at the beginning of it, because... I started it fairly late at night and was sort of expecting different from what the art style was. Mm. And, uh, but I played like an hour of it that first night and then I picked it back up yesterday and played another probably two or three hours of it. And yesterday was when it really hooked me because it felt like, oh, I'm seeing how this plays out, how like um, you have to wait a little while for like the some actions to become available and once they do and you understand like okay i have you know i can try and make money i think the money is called cryo and it's like a crypto currency that your character and everybody on this space station uses so you're trying to get that because you can pay like a toll to unlock a gateway into another um, part of the station or you can use you need to track down like specific machine parts that you can put together to create something for a quest. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it takes a little while to really come into focus what kind of game it is. Mm. Um, it can be a little overwhelming, I guess, at first, just because I haven't played a ton of games that are sort of presented in the way that this one is um because like i said it's isometric but it's not like you're moving a character around you're just sort of moving the cursor from node to node and that's the extent of the traversal that you're doing um and so i guess if you like disco elysium but would rather play one that has sort of a cyberpunky sci-fi spin on it 
Um, this might be for you, although the role-playing potential doesn't seem as deep as it is in Disco Elysium. But mechanically, it sounds like it's more has more traditional tabletop RPG because like the way you're describing the dice rolls and stuff are actually right. Yeah, and the die seem to be in um they correspond to how much energy your character has. So it's like you have energy and then health and you need to eat to restore the health, but then you need to go to a doctor and get these like stimulant kind of things in order to um replenish your energy. Mm. And so that's part of what you need to always be thinking about your currency for is because the like the first time you go to the doctor and they replenish your energy it's free but then from then on you have to pay to get those um consumables and if your energy is high then you get a bunch of dice in the morning i think the max you can have is six and if it's low then you're gonna get only like three um although the quality of the die doesn't seem to have any that seems like it's just random like you could get six ones or you okay. could get like, you know, three really good die and two bad ones and one medium one. Like I don't, it, that seems like it's all up to RNG, but the amount of dice that you have corresponds to your energy. So you need to manage your energy and you need to manage your health because if you are low on health, it also sort of, you know, limits what you can do. And I think I haven't gotten to the point where you like, where I've run out of health completely, but I've got to the point where it's that I'm starving. So then that's like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to prioritize, you know, getting some food. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I'm definitely eager to play more. I've been like busy lately and haven't had the chance to really stick with something. Like the only thing I've beat, the only games I've beat in like the past month have been down well on my phone, which I can beat in like 45 (laughs) minutes, you know? Yeah. And then, um, Kirby. So I think this is one I'm going to stick with and actually see to the end. I'm excited to see where it goes. Nice. Okay. Uh, cyberpunk disco, but maybe with less Marxism. Yeah, less or Marxism more. and less. I mean, I don't know. We I haven't gotten far enough to you know render my Marxism verdict yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, it seems like there's potential for some Marxism. I think I don't want to oversell it, but I can. But with the comparison to Disco Elysium, because Disco Elysium really is like the standard for role-playing and this game is not that there are like three classes that you can choose between and you do have like choices to make but it's really not on that level but in Mm. the uh, attempt to like bring tabletop mechanics into the digital space it is playing in like a similar territory yeah certainly nothing is really on the level of disco not yet not yet for sure yeah uh, okay, my game is We Were Here Forever, uh, which is the fourth We Were Here. Mm. Either of you familiar with the series? No, I have, I'm surprised there are four. I have never heard of these games. Okay. I'm not familiar, but the name, as soon as I saw the name, I was like, wow, that's quite intriguing. Yeah, okay, so uh, We Were Here is the first game. It was a student project. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long. The second one was We Were Here 2. It's about three hours long. Uh, We Were Here Together is about six hours long. You can (laughs) see the pattern. (laughs) We Were Here Forever 
is about 12 hours long. Um, Not quite forever, then. (laughs) These are uh, co-op puzzle games. Uh, They are first person. You and your partner are trapped in a spooky castle. Uh, And in most puzzles, in most of the encounters, you're separated. Uh, And there is a there's a pretty common puzzle mechanic uh, that stretches through all of these games in which each player has half of the information and you need to find ways to communicate to each other what the other person doesn't know Hmm. uh, in order to solve these puzzles. That's essentially how everything works, but the ways that uh, the series complicates and iterates on that is what makes uh, what makes it so fascinating. Um, when you start this game, which I think is a is probably the one you should start with, um, because not only because it has like the best puzzles, but it also has the best learning curve of them all. I think um, the previous one we were here together is a little too hard. The puzzles are a little too obtuse. Uh, and I found a, a, it got f- frustrating often. This one never gets frustrating. They, they've taken a new approach um, in which the emphasis is on execution uh, rather than comprehension. So f- understanding the way the puzzles work is fairly trivial. Understanding how you are supposed to solve them is the is the puzzle so you Mm. never feel like you don't know what to do you always know what to do you just don't know how to do it Mm. Uh, and i think that's a much much better approach especially in like a co-op setting where you have to rely on another person um it helps that both people know what you're supposed to do and then you can help each other figure out how to do it instead of uh in, in some previous games it was a lot of like i'm waiting on my partner to figure out what the fuck he's looking at because <laughs> Yeah. Right. Now we're just standing here and he doesn't understand what we're doing. That is, kind of uh, is that in-game voice chat or is it like you're meant yes. to sort of communicate another way? Oh, okay. You cool. are so you talking. are meant to communicate over a walkie-talkie. Both oh, players yeah. both players have a walkie-talkie and you hold the button down and only one person can talk at a time. Oh, I think uh, you mentioned that in in Slack. Yeah, that's that I love that idea. That's that fun. that is an important mechanic and it does complicate puzzles that are time-based um time time time-based puzzles are infrequent uh mercifully um but the 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 walkie-talkie mechanic does play a role personally i have played four of these games now and i'm over the walkie-talkie like i get (laughs) it i'm just a thing in all of them yes this is how all the games work um and my friend and I who have played all four of these games together, we just use discord now, but I do. <laughs> I, Jesus. because like, I get it. Like it's cool. It's cool. I get the point of it. Um, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't do it. And you know, you do have that choice to use them or not. It is part of the game. Um, so what I, I guess what I want to point out about this newest one, besides the length is also the the emphasis on story, which is what really sets it apart from the first three. Um, you know, starting as a student project and sort of evolving from game to game as they've like, I guess, you know, sort of developed their skills as puzzle makers. And now as storytellers, the 
originally we were here was pretty light. The story was kind of just vaguely happening in the background. I think the first one, you don't have any sense of what's going on in this castle until the fine, until it's over until the very end. This one weaves the narrative through a lot of the puzzles and we're, and we're understanding what this castle is, what its history is. And that stuff is cool. It's done well. Um, but it also has some stumbles when the puzzles are very, very invested in the narrative. Uh, there's there's a few puzzles that are about story beats, and they really they really kind of fall apart. Like there, it's a tough balancing act to make a puzzle that tells a story versus a puzzle that's like a compelling, interesting design, and not all of them land perfectly. Um, but the ones that do, the ones that split it right down the middle are the best puzzles we were here has ever had. Uh, I want to, I want to kind of like get into one of them in particular, because I think this is a perfect, perfectly encapsulate what's so cool about the series. So, um, one player has, um, just navigated through a sunken mine and they, uh, have entered a, like a bathosphere. Mm. You know what I'm. You know what I mean, like a big glass. Yeah, Bioshock. Uh, or yeah, I was gonna say the thing. Yeah, Bioshock, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they they have um, brought the bathosphere to the other player, and you've both and you've rejoined each other uh, for the first time in a while inside this bathosphere, and the bathosphere starts to descend into the water. It's like a it's like a cave system, and as the bathosphere is descending, a big sea monster wraps itself around. Uh, the bathosphere one player gets inside of like an escape pod Mm. and drives it into the face of the creature. And the creature is like all this big, like mess of teeth with like a big eyeball that comes out the center of it. So one player is attached to the face while the other player stays in the big main bathosphere. Mm. So the player that is face to face with the creature can hear the creature speak and can send messages back in the creature's language. They have a bunch of buttons with symbols and the symbols translate and you can send messages to the creature. That's cool. The other player who's in the big bathosphere has a bunch of manuals um, that will play voice lines and show what symbols, what show, sorry, they, they, they can listen to audio of the creature speaking and then they can see what, those messages mean in English mm. and then they can see what words are associated with which symbols. Mm. Okay, cool. So right away you understand that they're the person face to face with the creatures, the listener, mm. they, they are going to hear the creature's message and send it to their partner. And then their partner is going to translate. So you have a mm. listener and a translator. The complication is twofold. One the translator can't hear the creature speak, only the listener can. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. two, the creature does not speak in a way that you can replicate with your mouth or <laughs> your body. Yeah. The creature yeah. makes sounds that a person can't make. That's cool. Yeah. So when you first start, it's like, okay, the creature's talking to me. What did it say? Uh, well, it said... <laughs> and then the first goes, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So 
so trying to figure out a vocabulary for explaining what this monster is saying so that the other person can translate it is the puzzle. And to make it even more complicated, the when the creature makes a sound like the one I just sort of made, the translator has six things that sound pretty much exactly like that. So you can't you can't be broad or vague about it. Like you really have to start whittling it down. You really have to start eliminating uh, options to figure out exactly which sound it's making because that person cannot hear it. So you know you start for, first uh, first you, you you give it a sort of description. Like well, it kind of sounds like uh, a flushing toilet, but the toilet's angry. Mm. Right. And then, the, so then that person has six sounds that sound like an angry flushing toilet. <laughs> That's a great and then discussion. they go, okay, uh, does it, does it sound like it's annoyed or does it sound like it's yelling at you? Like, <laughs> and you have to figure out your own way to, to, uh, pass this information back and forth. Uh, it's so clever. Uh, um, and every puzzle is building on that idea of like finding new ways to, to share information with somebody. Yeah. Um, that sounds very cool. I can't think of a puzzle that I've played that is doing anything similar to that. Right. Yeah, totally. There, there are plenty of cryptoglyphs mm -hmm. and there are plenty of like connect the pipes to move the thing like there are very traditional ideas that have been adapted for two people mm -hmm. um one of them is like uh literally like connecting pipes to like move fluid but you're on either side of a wall and when you plug something in the other person receives it on their side of the wall and then they have to send it back to you mm. so there's like complications of traditional puzzles too um, but the, the, the semiotics angle is what makes we were here so special, right? The, like the idea of how we send and receive messages mm -hmm. to each other. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really special game and, uh, you know, it's, I think it's like 10 bucks, but you do have to buy two copies. I was just about uh, to ask that. Yeah. Does it do like it takes two or is it, is it, it does, yeah. is it couch co-op at all or is it, I nope. guess couch co-op couldn't mm. work with the game like this. No, no couch no. co-op. It is on PC and console. I think all of them might be at this point. Mm. Like cross-platform um, as well, or do you have to be on the same platform? I don't know that either. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but yes, you you do need two copies of it, but that's why I think it's so cheap. Right. Um, yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, like I said, this this game is as long as all the rest of the games put together. Right. A little bit longer, um, and it's. I think it is the best one to start with. Um, but I, I, I recommend all of them. I recommend all four. It's a great series. Yeah. It sounds very cool. I need to figure out who I can play this with. You need to find a friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I need to figure out which of my friends I'm going to have to translate there, flushing toilet noises to. An <laughs> another kind of interesting thing is I, I played one puzzle at PAX, like as a demo. Yeah. And then when I got to that puzzle with my friend, you know, I had already played it and I knew the solution. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to have to kind of sit here and let him figure it out. 
But even though I knew the solution, Mm -hmm. once again, because the game is so focused on the execution, it was still a puzzle to solve with him because he's a different person with a different brain than the person I played with before. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's like playing the same charades clue with different groups. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that it has a ton of replay value with the same two people, Mm -hmm. but you, but two people, even two people who have played it before could play with another two people who played it before and having completely different experience. I think. Mm. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. That one's called We Were Here Forever. Uh, I'll have the review in the description. That's out now on PC. I think, yeah. I'm not sure if it's out on console or I think that one was taking a little bit longer, but it yeah. will be soon. Okay. Um, okay, let's take a quick break because uh, the leaf blowers just kicked on. Mm, good timing. <laughs> That's always uh, on cue, isn't it? I uh, went to Netflix this week to watch the first two episodes of Resident Evil. And I think it's great. So yeah, the we're gonna got me hyped. Yes, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about uh, the upcoming Resident Evil series on Netflix. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we've switched out Andrew for George. Yeah. Is he is still here? <laughs> okay. The first time I've been on all of it. So uh, I want to talk about Resident Evil. Unfortunately, it's just called Resident Evil. I, I sort of wish it had a, a subtitle. You know mm. what I mean? Just to make just it to easier. To, it. It's, it's Netflix's Resident Evil, I guess, is the best. <laughs> okay, so... But wait, uh, before you start... Yeah. The, to to clarify to everyone listening, this is different to the recent Welcome to Raccoon City thing. That wasn't Netflix, was it? That was like a nope, whole that was in, thing. That was in theaters. I think it was Sony. Oh, that is bad. I'm okay. pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Sony. Uh, I have not watched that yet, but it is now streaming for a dollar. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this I'd week. buy that for a dollar. Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh, Netflix invited me to their Hollywood office to watch the first two episodes. The show doesn't come out till July. Uh, so uh, I obliged because I'm intrigued by the premise. If you uh, haven't seen the trailer they put out yesterday, the concept is that uh, Albert Wesker, played by Lance Reddick, who we all love, right? He's, he's, so uh, he's, he's in Horizon. So, so good. He's si- oh. Silas, I think Silence. is his name. Yeah, he's Silence. In, Silence. in Horizon, he's also uh, Zavala in Destiny 2. Um, mm. He's also the concierge in the John Wick movies. He's he, we, we know Lance Reddick. He's in everything. He's, he's, he's awesome. He's on The Wire. Okay, so Lance Reddick is Albert Wesker, and he's got two teenage daughters, and they live in New Raccoon City in South Africa. <laughs> right okay so this is the this is the setup for the new resident evil show and i'm like what i'm sorry what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) so i had to go see it um first of all i i i know this is a little bit of sour grapes but we went to the netflix office and we watched it in a conference room around a conference table on a on a projection screen that was streaming from a laptop 
with sound that was pretty bad. Uh, and I'm just like, not great. I went all the way to Netflix to watch kind of a lousy version. It was like buffering and shit. Like, did you at least get like wined and dined and they had cookies? Resident Evil hat? Yeah. No, I no, I didn't get anything. I got I got some cookies. I drank water out of a can. But <laughs> such a fucking LA thing. Can't I was not I was not there for gifts. I was there to see the show, but I really wish that we had watched it in the theater. Like they have a saying, theater there. Yeah, I was thinking like surely uh, Netflix has a theater. Why not use it? But that? oddly, there was only like six of us there watching it. Uh, hmm. They said that they also did this in New York, like last week or something, with another small group. It was a really small group. I don't, I don't know why. Not, hmm. not a lot of people got to see this yet. Well, that's because the gamer is on the up and up, isn't it? Exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the showrunner, uh, who was also the supernatural showrunner, which was a, personally a red flag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he. He pops his head in the room right before we start, and he's like, uh, this is our Resident Evil show. We shot it in in uh, Africa in 2021, and uh, it takes place on the same timeline as the game, so everything that happens in the games happens, happened in our show. And then he leaves, and I'm like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. What? I, I had the pleasure so- of reading Eric's preview before it went live and he mentioned that and I was sat here for at least a good 20 minutes just sort of going I don't know how the fuck that works but yeah. you, you've sort of seen it you kind of know what it means like, I, <laughs> dude, dude, I've seen it and I don't know how that works <laughs> when it like, was over, the first question that got asked, we did like a round table as soon as it ended so, so he comes back in and somebody's like raises their hand and they're like so, can you tell me again what you said about the timeline? Yeah. <laughs> because, look, I'm, I'm, I'm very much for like race swapping um, fictional characters. Like that's not the issue. I, no, first, no, yeah, no, it's not. That is issue. not the issue but, at all. But if it happens on the same timelines as the game, no, how no, is no, no. Playing so, Albert Wesker. So what it means, I like, basically how is someone to... completely different? Like how is Lance Reddick playing Albert? Like there is a Lance, there is a Wesker who presumably doesn't have daughters that live in no, South no. Africa. So how is this going on? <laughs> so it's like, I basically had to do a dissertation about this this morning. That's what it felt like. So it's not, <laughs> it's not a continuation of the games. It's saying that the starting point, or, okay, say this is an alternate universe. Everything that happened in the games happened in this universe as well. Oh, yeah. okay. So, I see. Like, it's a multiverse. It's, it's, yeah, kind of like, you can yeah. do it like that. Uh... Alternate universe. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's ri- it's not that simple. It what? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. But <laughs> we we have to get into this because yes, the show is about Albert Wesker who was killed in a volcano with a rocket launcher in 2009. Yeah. And I asked him that to his face. Hey man, Albert Wesker died in a volcano from a rocket launcher in 2009, and he said. Yeah, we know that <laughs> that gets dealt with. Oh, that's, that's what he that's said. Fucking incredible! I know. Yeah, I love it. I'm so I know. That I know, dude. And okay. <laughs> and so, so yeah. So he said that. I'm like, what? And then, and then the next question I had was like, okay, so this, so the the show is in two timelines. It takes place in 2022. No, <laughs> it, no more timelines. Right, hold on. It takes place in 2022, but it also takes place in 2036. And 2036 oh, cool. is post-apocalyptic 
zombie world, like okay, world cool. over. Yeah. Oh. 2022 is when the final outbreak is going to occur. We don't see that in the first two episodes, but that's where things are going. Okay. So, so it takes place in 2022. So my next question is what about village? That when did village take place? Is that everything in the games is present to when the games came out. Right. Okay. So so village happened in 2021. Right. Okay. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, yes. The events of village are happening concurrently to our show. He's like, they don't overlap because that shit's happening in Eastern Europe and ours happens in Africa, in South Africa, but they're happening at the same time. And then he says, so if we want to do a tall vampire lady in season two, we can do that. I'm not saying we're gonna, but it's an option. But like lady Dimitrescu died. Like, so did Wesker. They, they dealt with a volcano. Okay, yeah, yeah, They're yeah, going to deal yeah. with a lady. Touche, <laughs> I fucking guess. Do you know what? Um, I, I really respect me too. that kind of just like, yeah, like, no, 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 they died, but we've, we've, we've written about it. Like, it's, it's cool. Don't worry. Like, that becomes clear. I think that's sick. So, just being like, yeah, it all happens. And also, it doesn't matter what happened because we're going to deal with it. Like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Go, go nuts. Well, well <laughs> not to, because I, I do actually want to hear about you know, Netflix Resident Evil, but yeah. Wesker's, like, long been said not to be dead in Resident Evil games since anyway. Like, I remember I think it was Umbrella Corps had, like, a voice note from him where he's actively talking, like, recently after he's mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's like, that's not too much of a shock because, uh, you know, it's Resident Evil, I don't think they care that much, and he could just be a, a mutant zombie thing, but Interesting that they've or made a it. clone or yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, they could do anything with it. So yeah, so one of one of the things he kind of harped on, I that harped on sounds bad, but what what he wanted to convey was the idea that like Resident Evil is so many different things, you know, because like the series has constantly reinvented itself. You know, every couple games is a totally different game. Mm. Four, four changed the formula from three, seven changed the formula from four, five, six. Like, um, some of them are really campy, like five, five, and some of them are like really dark, serious horror, like seven. Like, Resident Evil is a lot of different things. And then once you throw in like the CG films and the comics and all the other canonical stuff, the spinoff games, it's like, you know. You can you you can take the iconography and the characters and the storylines, but you can do really whatever you want with Resident Evil, and it's still going to fit. Mm. You know, so he said that the show does not betray any of the rules of Resident Evil. It doesn't. Resident Evil rules. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> it's don't worry about that. <laughs> well, look, like Umbrella's the bad guys. Uh-huh. right like the t-virus they're making the t-virus or whatever their new version is like it's everything you know is true about resident evil but they but then they take all of that in sort of a mcu style like we're gonna take the history and tell our own stories with it so that's the idea but also it is on the timeline the the yeah. canon of the games is the canon of the show Wait, and i think what what? How did you not get that at this point? <laughs> I thought it was like, okay, so I, I thought it was like they said, okay, everything that happens, I, I'm I'm doing a lot of gesturing. If you're listening, you can't see. But I sense. So they they I thought it went, okay, everything that's happened in Resident Evil up to this point has happened in this universe as well. 
but because this is our take on it, because this is Netflix's Resident Evil, you know, this is like a diverging path. But this is just straight canon. It's the the canon of the games is the canon of the show, but not vice versa. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, this is fucking so confusing. I, I asked him this too. So I was like, how how do how what have you done to make sure that this doesn't step on the future of Resident Evil? And he's like, I have no idea what the future of the games is. They I Can they're I? not going to tell Capcom is not gonna tell me. They worked closely with Capcom for everything, all of the decisions and all of the like mythology they've added, because as we'll get into, they've they've added some ideas to the world of resident evil but as far as like the village expansion or re9 or whatever like that has nothing to do with the show so which you know maybe the show goes for 10 seasons and it's like hugely popular and capcom has no choice but to make sure that the show connects with the games who knows but as of right now all you need to know is that everything that happened in the games also happened in the show. And this is also super exciting. Somebody asked him if we're going to see flashbacks and he said, we're going to see things from the games and okay, things that cool. happened awesome. in the timeline of the games. So Chris Redfield, right? Like if, if they're addressing his death, which he is said, very Redfield centric, then Chris is here, right? Definitely. He said a couple of characters, a couple of iconic Resident Evil characters yeah. are in the first season. And if they're lucky enough to get a second season, they'll, they'll have more. But he said he's what, what he was, what they were really interested in was exploring the characters in Resident Evil that we have not seen in a long time and finding out what they were doing in between, for example, Resident Evil 3 and now. He mentioned Resident Evil 3 a few times because that he said that's his favorite game. Um, and so any, any name drop Jill too. So that doesn't mean it's Jill, but that was, I got, I kind of got the sense that like, you know, Claire and Jill and maybe characters that haven't popped up, like actually, actually Claire was in the last movie in the CG mm. movie, which is those movies are canon, <laughs> but oh. any, anyway, um, yeah. So characters, we don't know what they're up to. That's the characters he wanted to get into the show so that we could learn about learn right. more about the timeline okay yeah got it i know should we talk about the show yeah yeah <laughs> 15 minutes in I'm, 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 I'm just thinking like because i've only don't don't uh fire me for this i've only played and completed resident evil 5 because i just played it with a mate okay. when i was like in school well that's pretty that's relevant right. here to be fair that's well, yeah. Apparent, yeah. so that's that's a good one yeah. to do but i saw a lot of the i saw like all the um Mila Jovovich films and that growing up, so that's been my main entrance into it, but like, the show the trailer looked so good and Eric's got me so hyped that I'm like damn, okay, so I've got until July to finish every mainline Resident Evil game <laughs> You can skip okay. six Don't worry about it <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can skip six This is, I, I, I want to get into the, to what the actual content of the show is but I think this is a fucking genius way to do a video game show or a video game movie because the adaptations have not worked well. No. And, and video game adaptations in general, just it's a different medium and you have to turn a game into a three act structure and you have to like bastardize the lore to an extent to make it work in a two hour time frame. 
And like, even though I enjoy Sonic and it's see, I didn't see Uncharted yet. It seems like people liked it. Like it's not the games, you know, but it's trying pretty hard to be them. And I don't think that works very well. This is such a cool way to do it, to be like, yes, it is. It is the games. All the shit in the games happen, but we're just telling a story that's our own. I think yeah. that's like, oh, that's no. a pretty smart way to do it. Um, because it gets to be faithful and it gets to be original at the same time, which you, you just can't do if you're just adapting the story of, of Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, okay. So we're in New Raccoon City. Uh, it's 2022. Uh, it, it's in South Africa. Right. And mm-hmm. New Raccoon City is this uncanny cookie cutter manufactured housing development of all perfectly white homes, all identical on just like wide streets, super creepy, exactly what you would imagine an mm. umbrella housing mm. development would be. And also, side note, completely real. This this was just a fucking neighborhood they found in South Africa oh, that no. just yeah. that just looks like this. Oh, okay, just like <laughs> <laughs> just like prefab homes um, that are all stark white. Mm. Um, so yeah, so really creepy, like company town. Everyone that lives here works for Umbrella, including like. The, the school is run by Umbrella. Um, Wesker is developing a, uh, a a medication called Joy, and it's the happiness pill. Bloody it's gonna man. it's gonna make the world happy. Like MDMA. it's a magic. <laughs> it's it's just a magic cure all cure all pill. But guess what? Go on. It, it turns it's people into zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see where this is going, George? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. so Wesker, Wesker's like, "Hey guys, we need a little more time on the happy pill because of the whole the zombie thing." And they're like, <laughs> "And Umbrella's like, well, we got a timeline. We only got a couple months. We got to put this thing out because we're going to make a ton of money. So, you know, TikTok." <laughs> Let's get it going. Okay, so that's sort of that's the lead-in. He has two daughters, which interestingly they are twins born from a surrogate from two different eggs from two different women. So they are. <laughs> I don't know what kind of twins you call that. Yeah. They're, I don't know if that exists. That probably isn't doesn't exist in real life. I don't know. So say it again. But, so. He fertilized two eggs from two different women, and then those eggs were both implanted in a surrogate and were born at the same time. Okay, that's um, yeah, no, that does happen. Uh, as, uh, well, not from two different women normally. Normally, it's like two eggs in one woman are fertilized. Yes, paternal twins, you would call them, right? That's like it, twins yeah. that don't look the same because they're two different yeah. eggs. Yeah, but these are actually from two different women. Yeah, so they're they're they're, they're half sisters. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're half sisters born of the same twin. surrogate mum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, this is, is going to have to come with like its own bloody explainer before you can start yeah. watching the show. At this, it's not. Minute. It's not that important. It's just. It's just world it's just building. Weird. But, like, but yeah, it's they're. Good it's weird that they're half twins. 
Um, okay, so they're starting school at Umbrella High, and they didn't want to move to Africa. They're 14, and they hate everything. Um, then we cut to 2036, and we're only with one of the sisters, Jade. Mm-hmm. And she is uh, she has a husband and a daughter, but she's been out uh, in the wild for six months studying the, the zombies because she has a theory they're, they're called zeros uh now um, she has a th- she has a theory that the t-virus degrades over time and that the people will get start to get cognitive functions back because it's been a, over a decade since the outbreak and she thinks like if she can study them long enough, she'll start to see the humanity come back to people as the virus sort of like weakens. That's wait, that's wait, wait. So a decade since the happy pill outbreak. We don't know if it's the pill or what. Oh, okay, right. But new new Raccoon City is ground zero for the outbreak. We know okay. that. Cool. Um, and it's we don't know if it's been a decade or I think it's probably twenty twenty two to twenty thirty six. Yeah. So fourteen years. Um. And the zombies have changed a lot after all these years. They're, all of their senses have diminished except for their sense of smell, which has skyrocketed. So she uh, cuts her hand and the, all the zombies smell the blood and start Ooh. chasing her. Um, as the zombies chase her, uh, I, I should have given a spoiler tag at the beginning of this. I guess it's safe to assume if we're talking about the first two episodes, there's spoilers here. Um, a 80 foot caterpillar jumps out of the ground and starts beating the shit out of her. And it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like it, it looks pretty good. It's like, it's just a giant kaiju caterpillar that Amazing. is like picking her up and slamming her into cars and shit. Uh, it hot. looks, it looks great. Uh, she gets rescued by some scrappers. Uh, they take her, uh, they, they take her to like a survival town that's surrounded by a, a million miles of just zombies just standing there. Like it's super Mad Max post-apocalyptic zombie shit. Um, and it really just like drops you into the middle of this. Um, so from there, uh, some umbrella agents show up. They're hunting her. We don't know why. Um, she escapes and makes it to another town, finds out her sister's still alive. Like it's really like in media res these first two episodes. Um, but, but also the other half is just like high school drama stuff with these 14 year olds trying to adjust (laughs) to life. Yeah. It's like really going back and forth between like a, a Mad Max action shit with zombies and two 14 year olds that can't get along. Like, so like Cobra Kai, but with zombies instead of martial arts. <laughs> um, when the when the synopsis for the show came out, there were a lot of people online. Which this, this is the uh, the showrunner mentioned this that were calling it Riverdale with zombies <laughs> because, it, because it was very like YA, very like high school drama. Um, but I think that it's it seems like that kind of stuff is really just the first episode. It's really just character building stuff and understanding their relationship dynamics and stuff. Because by the end of the second episode, shit is extremely popping off uh, in, in the in the present day timeline. Mm. Like in the 2022 timeline, like I don't think we're going to have time for them just like being at high school trying to make friends by the end of the second episode. Right, right. Uh, 
There's only eight in the first season. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, that seemed uh, pretty standard. Yeah, eight episodes, which uh, the showrunner uh, says is um, completes the story from a character point of view, but not from a pl- plot. Right. Point of view, Me- meaning like it it needs to continue for you to get the whole story. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he plot, wasn't going to say, plot, yeah, plot, it's, plot, it's, it's done. Like, don't, it's don't not, order more seasons. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> not a miniseries. It is right. not a miniseries. Um, okay, so my question for you is, when you came away from episode two, would you have watched the rest of it? Given the option, you were, you're laying in bed, you're comfy, would you have binged it? Would you have wanted to see the rest of it? I, I would have watched it right there at that conference table. I would have watched the whole season. Good, okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's the seller. I need to know how Wesker is alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the hook for me right now. Um, but, like, so we we want to find out like how the outbreak happened. Um, they do a really cool thing in the first episode where you're like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is how it begins. And then it's not. So they're kind of like, right. Like you, you know that the outbreak is coming, but you really don't know what it is that actually uh, triggers it. Um, the, the caterpillar is cool. We all, we get the dogs. The oh, dogs are there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get, we're going to get more like, I think like the, what are they called? Like the leapers or the liquors or whatever the hell Lickers, yeah. the oh. liquors. I, we're going to get the liquors. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some new stuff too, kind of like the caterpillar. So, um, and then there's going to be characters we know too. So, um, yeah, it, it is exciting. We haven't seen anything in the first two episodes. We don't get, uh, the BSAA. Um, so we don't get any characters we know other than, uh Wesker. Mm. Um but there's plenty of good umbrella stuff. And how, how um, is Wesker like is Wesker played like a villain here or is he like sympathetic because he's so, now or? so like I I think <laughs> the the weird thing is the first episode is barely Resident Evil. Like the future stuff is the, mm-hmm. the stuff in the future for sure is, but the stuff in the present day is like Wesker's having a hard time at work and he can't connect with his daughters because he's <laughs> such a workaholic. And so his daughters resent him and they're getting in fights at school and they're, and the, the principal's mad at them. And it's just like what it really does have like a Riverdale vibe oh. to start. Hmm. But then you start to see, the moving and shaking that Wesker is doing. So it, the first signs that he's more than just like an overworked dad is one of the daughter gets in, gets in trouble for fighting at school and he shows up and uh, to like the principal's office. And it's like, it's like him, his daughter, the girl she got in a fight with and the, and that girl's dad and that girl's dad is being a dick. And he's like, I'm going to press charges and you're going to go to jail for hitting my daughter or whatever. And Wesker does a very intimidating like monologue about how he's going to like ruin this guy. He's like, like, it's such a perfect actor as well. I imagine. Yes. So good. Yeah. Oh, and it's me. like spooky Lance Reddick being like, yeah. he goes, he's like, how many people in this town can do your job? <laughs> a thousand, 10,000. He goes, you know how many people in this town can do my job? <laughs> One. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what do you think's going to happen? 
<laughs> if I go tell Umbrella that I quit if they don't fire you. I don't want you fired. I want you blacklisted. Amazon's <laughs> not going to hire you. Disney's not going to hire you. Pornhub is going to shred your resume. <laughs> he did not say those last three, did he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pornhub exists in there, the. Uh, there's a public. weird number of jokes about porn. Actually, there's like three. <laughs> the, yeah, in the first two episodes, there are three jokes about porn. Hmm. I can imagine you sat there like noting it down. Like after the second one, like this is getting out of hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, sounds, it sounds uh weird. It sounds like it is weird. It's super good. weird. I'd, I'd rather that than just redoing two and three and exactly. pissing people off. Like, just yeah. do something new. Do something new. Like, just not like, new as the Mia Jolovic stuff. That, that stuff sucks, but... <laughs> you like, just fall into, like, such a terrible trap where you're like, oh, that she doesn't look like Claire. Yeah. You know? So then you can't... You, you cast Lance Reddick as Wesker, and it really, like, sets the stage for what you're trying to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. He goes... The showrunner was like, uh, this is not Wesker in the trench coat and the glasses, at least not yet. Oh, like, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be sick. Um, I actually still like, um, cause the trailer came out, uh, at the time of recording, like fairly recently, I still need to watch the trailer. Um, but after reading your preview on it, I'll probably watch it. I didn't, I didn't find much time for like Netflixy things besides Cobra Kai, but you mm-hmm. know, the trailer's one minute and it's just all action shots. It's a, it's a pretty cool trailer. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I, you know, we're talking about it really early cause it doesn't come out till July. Mm. It's not that um, far away. It's like two months. Yeah. Um, two months to play but, Resident Evil games. but it is not, it is not what I expected at all. I don't know who could have expected it. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> that's cool. Though. And, I, I like, I like when stuff feels fresh or like just, surprising they have really cool like uh the the casting is really cool too because the obviously the 14 year olds are now 32 or whatever in the few i can't i don't know i don't know math they're way older 28 yeah uh, yeah I was and, say, it's 14 and so and so they're 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 different actresses um but it they did a great job finding people that actually look like it could be the grown-up version uh, of these teenagers is um, is Wesker shown in the future or not yet not in the first two episodes uh, okay well he's definitely trench coat Wesker then <laughs> I don't know a fucking lot. yeah yeah we'll see uh it's super gory um there's a lot of there, there's some crazy deaths uh in those first two episodes they do the classic everybody loves this the the husband is turned and the wife is keeping him locked up in the bathroom because she can't bear, you know, <laughs> I just rolled my eyes. You can't see it. Like, <laughs> they, they do that, but they do it in a really funny way. They, they do it in a way that kind of feels fresh, even though we've seen that like a billion times. And that's not where the third porn references comes in. Is it? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sadly, it's always has to do with the 14 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> 14 year olds love porn i i don't think we should we gotta shy away from that it's true they do oh i'm clipping that someone clip that put it on twitter please we're not doing this live on twitch <laughs> um i don't have 
screeners yet, but when the screeners come, I'm, I think I am going to do full reviews mm. uh, like for each episode, because uh, I think, I, I think people are going to be really into this. I think this is going to be like, maybe like a Witcher level Netflix show. Cool. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think they did, they, they, they did a really great job. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm hyped for it. It's, it's really weird. It's really weird to, that they're going to do that. That, <laughs> that they're going to bring Wesker back and be, mm. what did he say, George? He was like, it has nothing to do with a lava rocket. resistant armor lava and rocket. rocket. Armor. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I'd like to know <laughs> that's like a very like, haha, it's not that stupid. But I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay. How has it done then? Like, <laughs> let me know. I think we'll probably see Ada. I want to. I want to assume we'll see Ada because Ada just always has her hands and everything. You know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that. I, I would. I would put a house on Chris Redfield turning up in some regard. Just seems like the obvious one to do. I know he's in everything, but he, yeah, he is very linked to Wesker. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's it for this week's show. Next week, next week has some cool stuff. So next week we've got the multiverses uh, preview. Uh, George and I are gonna fight. Hell yeah! Uh, we've got Evil Dead, the game. Oh, that's oh, We also have Vampire: The Masquerade Swan Song, Ooh. which looks really cool. I've been playing a MMO survival crafting game called V Rising, a vampire. Ooh. survival crafting game i want to talk about next week it's very weird you and like cool. farm people for blood and stuff yes sick okay good. good 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 yeah cool. uh so and then uh hard space hard space might be a couple weeks we'll, we'll wait on that uh okay so yeah a lot of cool stuff next week we will see you then bye